See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Back, back is Cutler, second and 10 of the 20. Backs up, now throws, left side, back shoulder fade, Jeffrey, touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. A team that is known as Cutler takes the snap, blitzes on, he's going to screen it left, caught at the 12, here's Lankford 15-20, Lankford 25-30, Lankford away at the 40, a block from Wilson at the 40 of the Rams, Lankford angling middle of the field, running away from the Rams to the 10, 5, end zone, touchdown Bears! Bears Hour Live, with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philitoshin. With me, as always, are the superfans. I'm smarter than the average bear. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. This is Lauren Cox. I'm here with Philitoshin and uh, we're here after what was a pretty darn brutal loss for the Chicago Bears against the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously not a lot to be happy with after that game, Phil. I mean... Where, where do you even start with this team after everything goes wrong? I mean, for the first time in a long time, I'm at a loss of where to start in a, a synopsis of what was an avalanche of dis, dismay and destruction. I mean, on every level in this game, everybody shares the blame. The only way to come back from something like this is to hold players and whatever mash unit you have left of a football team accountable for what transpired on that football field today, Lauren. It was a disgrace. It was embarrassing on a national stage. And we could point the blame all around, but it, it ultimately transpired. And guys that you thought you could count on ultimately didn't show up and didn't play and ball out. And I know it all starts with your best football player, Jay Cutler. Did he play a good game? Absolutely not, Lauren. He didn't play a good game. But, again, as a coach, you have to be aware of what is transpiring and stop a narrative that isn't even realistic at all in the functioning of this football game. It just... Well, and, and you talk about Jay Cutler, and now he's he's at the podium right now with a cast on his right thumb. He said he he can't grip the football all the way, and apparently Pernell McPhee has Cutler confirmed that Pernell McPhee had some strong words for him after the game too. So certainly, it's it's breaking down all around. Not only Jay himself breaking down, and, and not only breaking down physically, but mentally with some bad decisions. But then the players around him breaking down too. It's it's really a total mess. On all threat phases. Let's get this stuff out of the way, first of all. I'm not going to defend Jay Cutler's play on the football field without the reality of taking it in process of what transpires up front. Let's start there because that is the story of the game for me as well as the coaching and offensive coordinator Dow Loggins' game plan as well as Fangio going up against a rookie. The offensive line, again with Bobby Massey, being a standout for being horrible is not a good thing, Lauren. And, and let's just be honest. If you're not showing your the rest of the locker room that you're going to hold players accountable to do their job, simple things, 
I mean, 90 protection, solid blocking, cutoff blocks. Every play, there's a Bobby Massey error. At what point do you cut the cord and say another player needs to be in the football game for this player? Because it honestly, on tape last week, was disgusting. Tonight, it was over-the-top embarrassing and brutal to watch. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know what you do right now other than move Kyle Long. I mean, there's just no – I mean, I, I don't trust Mike Adams at all. I don't think he's very good – I mean, really, I don't think it was very good before, and I don't think he was good in the preseason at all. So, you know, and there aren't just right tackles chilling on the street right now. I mean, I haven't looked at the free agent list exactly, but I just I just don't know even what to, Listen, what to do with this offensive line. You, you can't put him out there, okay? <laughs> That's your first message. I don't care if it's Mike Adams, if it's moving Kyle Long to right tackle, or shutting Kyle Long down if he's injured for the season, if Cutler's out for a long period of time. These things have to take precedence. You can't get hit consistently on three-step drops and then not establish a passing, a running game, and then go action game off of it. Continue. I mean, this is like in the area of Terry Shea with the play calling. Now, focusing on the Jay Cutler interception was terrible. It's a terrible decision. I don't I know he's playing hurt. He's trying to will a victory. Questioning this guy's toughness is stupidity on every level. It's just not truthful. It's not fair. And openly being honest, it's just not overall something that should be transpiring. Yeah, I mean. That that being said, let me just finish. The fumble play, he's trying to make a play on third down. Dumb. I get it. But quarterbacks, the whole game can't collapse on that kind of turnover, a field goal kicker miss. This night in above itself was disgusting, and there is so much to get to. It's ridiculous, Lauren, but the interception was terrible. The the fumble, I'm not going to crucify the guy. Does Is it dumb? I agree with our colleague Shane Marsall. Yeah, it was, it was a big momentum swing of the game, but you're still in the freaking game. I mean, there's well, errors all around here, but... Jay Cutler's toughness can't be questioned. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure people like Charles Woodson are questioning his toughness. But I mean, as far as Bears fans go, you know, it wasn't. There were certainly the first half. It was sort of the same Jay Cutler we had seen last week, where the offensive line is doing absolutely nothing, and he's falling away and finding Zach Miller with guys at his feet, and you know, he, he finds Alshon Jeffrey on that deep ball, which. I thought that ball wasn't a great ball by Jay because he could have let him into the end zone. And it was kind of he made Alshon come back and get it, which was fine. It wasn't a bad throw; it just wasn't great either. And you know, he he certainly was was trying to make make some magic happen with nothing around him. But man, I mean, it's just brutal that. How do you? Where do you start? I mean, you know, the running, you know, Dowell Loggins doesn't get the running game going, and obviously the offensive line is not protecting. And it didn't seem like we saw any more three-step drops or anything like that from last week when it was all five and seven, it seemed. I mean, where are you supposed to do here? I I honestly, a change has to be made at right tackle. Leno didn't play well, but at least he understands his assignments and finishes off to the whistle. This is getting to the point where we just are honestly seeing a destruction beyond belief 
the whole mash unit as a secondary. And we're going to open up the lines in a few minutes because I just think we got to get the fans involved here, Lauren, because there's so much to get to. Why not bring in some fans that are loyal and wherever they want to go with this, I think. I think we should do that at this point. Hey. Yeah, yeah, we'll take we'll take one person at a time here. We don't want to get too many voices in, but feel free. Those of you that have already been calling in, and I've had to turn you away. We'll we'll take you now if you want to call in and, and give us your thoughts on what you saw. Try and keep it a little PG thirteen, you know, not not too many f bombs <laughs> or anything like that. But you know, certainly it's hard to hold back the passion after it was a pretty disgusting Mark Tressman like loss after a game like today. Um, Looking at some of the P- while, while we wait, looking looking at some of the PFF stuff that's come in about the game, not a lot of passes beyond ten yards downfield for Cutler as far as the pass attempts go. Oh, uh, we we got our first call. Let's let's bring him in now. Uh, hello, uh, you're on Bears Hour Live with Phil and Lauren. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is AJ um, from Chicago. Hi, Lauren. How you doing, AJ? It's just uh, tough, Dr. Phil. You know, um, very, very, very tough. Um, uh, I want to say a few points, and um, I promise I'll hang up in two minutes. Um, Go ahead. Uh, Take your right. time. Right, thank you. Um, Bobby Massey is an issue, as we all know. Um, my eyes are already on Cam Robinson. Um, <laughs> I'll stand to tackle Alabama, so... Um, but at the same time, I feel like next year's next year's contract situation with Jay Butler, um, I think it stops being guaranteed money from there. So it'd be interesting to see what are we going to do? Are we going to get an offensive lineman or, or a quarterback? I know I'm talking about a year from now, but it's just today what I saw was just ugly. You know, him throwing that feet of Zach Miller. And I really thought that deep ball to Alison Jeffrey was lucky. He escaped the pressure, and I think – that I think we got away with the hold there um, and let it out. So, I mean, um, I think Jay should have ended with uh, less than 100 yards. And me, as a season ticket holder, you know, I don't go to them games, but when I have a chance, I do. And oh. as of now, I'm not really happy with seeing with the Bears. Um, just want to show my thoughts there. So, Oh, you're making points here, and you're going – Offensive line, Cutler, it all starts up front for me. Uh, if you follow me, you know, AJ, I felt yeah. like oh, yeah. it was a huge opportunity for the Bears to get Laramie Tunsil with or without the smoking bull right. that and, transpired. And now you right. see what's transpiring on the offensive line is a huge hole where you have outside oh, yeah. linebackers with Willie Young, you had Houston. I've gone over this. It all starts up front. Jay Cutler, whether you love him or hate him, you have to be fair in assessing. He's never had a, a stalwart offensive line protecting him. And you can't argue that yeah, and, truth. And, and look, it's hard. I, yeah, I get take, that. I get that. You know, when you draft um, Gabe Karimi from Wisconsin, I think, right, uh, right. right you, you expect him to be good. You expect to, the first-round pick. Like, right now, Leonard Floyd, being double covered all the time, and like I think he got away. The Eagles got away with a few holding calls. I mean, he's bringing constant pressure. I really like the motor that Leonard Floyd has given us. But let me go back a few drafts here. Um, 
I don't want to bring up the same McLaren's out because Lena saw so many good players, and that just makes me mad talking about it. It's a 2011 or nine, I think it was. Um, we missed out on Marcus, uh, Marcus Peters, who had a issue off the field, but I don't see any issues right now, third year into the Kansas City Chiefs team. I mean, like, I, I feel like that people change when they come to the NFL. Not all of them, but people change. And Larry Tunsil, that whole marijuana thing, is literally blown away. I mean, the guy's playing outstanding football in Miami. I'm sure Gase likes him, and I, I, miss, I miss Adam, too. I mean... I think I, at this point, I think Tresman's offense was better than um, Paul Logan's. So um, I think Jay threw his most TDs that year in 2013 when we had the top five um, offense in the league, but our defense was unfortunately terrible. Um, if you put in this year's defense into that year, I think we would have made the playoffs. But, you know, it's just a, it's just a time game for us, and um, I think it will start clicking soon, but certainly not tonight. Yeah, you know, AJ, this is going to be quite a test for John Fox to see how he how he turns this around moving forward after a game like this. I mean, obviously, you bring right. in a coach like this because of his ability to, to work right. on the fly and, and turn teams around. And, and AJ, I think I think we'll let you go here and, and uh, bring in a couple other callers for some more some more perspectives. Sure. But thanks a ton for coming on and, and providing your opinion. Sure. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, Lauren. Now, you know, he talked about, it was funny he mentioned Gabe Karimi, because I actually uh, talked to Gabe Karimi on Saturday at the at the Wisconsin Badgers game. He was walking in right behind me, and he was with uh, uh, one of their other former offensive linemen. I think it was, it wasn't Kevin Zeitler, it was one of the other ones, and, you know, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't look like an NFL caliber right tackle, but not to get too far off topic, we got another caller coming in, so I'll just throw them in right away. Uh, hello, you're on Bears Hour Live with Phil and Lauren. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Phil. I'm Dustin. I'm calling from Florida. How you doing, Dustin? Talk to me, Dustin. What do you want to talk about tonight? I'm good, guys. So listen, I am just like totally, I am just, I'm just totally just like frustrated. I mean, I have a list here. I can just go on and on. Um, I mean, when you look at it, I look at the Cutler, that horrible fumble. I mean, you know, I'm a huge Cutler apologist. I mean, I follow you, you know, stop chasism, all of that. But, I mean, that fumble just totally just shifted the game. I mean, my God, I was just, like, screaming at the TV. The defense couldn't tackle. There was hardly any pass rush. They had to blitz to get any pass rush at all. I mean, all I've heard about is how Leonard Floyd was going to, like, revolutionize this pass rush. Akeem Hicks was going to blow up offensive guards left and right. Jonathan Bullard was coming out of Florida. Where are these guys? I mean, Zach Miller is nowhere to be found. It seemed like Gates knew exactly how to use him, but Loggins has no clue. And Jordan Howard is 10 times better than Jeremy Langford. I'm sorry, but Jordan and Howard needs to be starting next week. And how the hell are there so many injuries on defense? I mean, my God, these guys are dropping like flies. And how the hell is Pernell McPhee, who's injured for the first six weeks, making $35 million dollars? going to go on the field and attack Jake Holler like Oh, you're throwing a lot at me there. I, honestly, let's start off with the Cutler fumble. You know, this game was like a, a come, <laughs> an explosion where everything was in a microscope and it had to be perfect 
or we weren't going to be successful. And when you're in those situations where everything is just about one thing, then when that one thing does something wrong, it becomes explosive and the whole team is destroyed. I understand it was a huge momentum play in the game, but ultimately the guy was trying to make a play that cost his team a fumble. It was a stupid play, not not putting any blame aside from Jay Cutler trying to make a play. We saw it last night, Aaron Rodgers, three fumbles trying to make plays. This happens to quarterbacks. The whole team can't collapse because your quarterback is trying to survive a pass rush. And when I break down the film this week, my whole focus is just going to be on offensive line play because For it's, sure. so, it's so pathetic that ultimately if you've never got under center and taken a snap, you don't even have a comprehensive understanding of what it's like to be able to have to manipulate the pocket in order to function a, a simple play, let alone action game, where you've not established a run. You're right, Jordan Howard is running behind his pads, thick lower half, has a physicality, but and Langford fumbles the football. I saw some good things with Langford there, but ultimately, good, you can't hang your hat on. We need somebody to tote the rock. The offensive coordinator, critical situation, third and two, empty set, I'm sitting here counting the box. Easy quarterback draw call there for a walk-off first down. We're going wide. We're throwing outs. This is run-and-shoot football. You can look at that play. That was a critical drive. It's 9-7 at that point. You go down. Your your new kicker misses a field goal. You start that narrative. There's a mash unit, as you said, uh, Dustin, all throughout the secondary. I mean, body after body, your best Maybe defensive lineman uh, and Eddie Goldman gets hurt. How's that going to yep. affect the whole football team? There's so much to look at in this game that went completely against the Chicago Bears that those people out there that are blaming Jay and, and maybe broke his thumb and he's trying to will out a victory for you because Brian Hoyer's throwing fade balls 50 feet, 58 <laughs> yards in the air and 12 feet out of bounds. I mean, this is disgusting. I get it. But, man, oh, man, the coaching. Oh, Gruden was grilling him for that pass in the end zone. I mean, that was totally uncatchable. It wasn't even near him. Mm -hmm. It looked like an arena football field goal is what I (laughs) thought about. There's just absolutely flew off the screen and out into the stands. Go ahead, Dustin. I just wanted to say that it is completely pathetic that in the, in the third quarter of, a, of the second game of the season, that's your first home game, and they're having to call the team together on the sideline and get them yes. pumped up. Like, you can't get pumped up for the home opener of the second game? Are you After, kidding me? That's a great point, Dustin. I totally agree. The philosophical uh, – way with which this football team is structured and set up where talk is talk is cheap and actions are are what speak louder to get pumped up and fired up after jim uh corlson corlison is i wasn't uh, a big fan of that national anthem honestly (laughs) well you gotta get fired up you're coming at home you're one in eight at home now under john fox that's insane that's it's a disgusting insane. number. 
the field goal miss after you cut Robbie Gold, and I'm all for cutting Robbie Gold. I thought it was a must too. You got, oh, yeah, as a kicker, sure. you got to hit that. You got to hit that field goal. So every they, point matters I know, to I, this team. I was told that Connor Barth is automatic from 40 yards in. That's what I was told. That's, and that's what why he we was. brought him in. He that's wasn't 24. I mean, like, he, he was basically automatic 95%. Anything past 40, I knew that it was going to be trouble. And I knew that. So I thought that it's like 31 yard or he was going to just nail it. I mean, what, what the heck? Like, he puts on a bare uniform like everyone else. They just forget how to play football or something for some reason. Like, I don't get it. Well, and I think that brings up the bigger overall problem with this team right now is that you've got so many new faces all trying to fit together at the same time. And, you know, we kind of thought, okay, after last week it was their first week together. Maybe they'll get it figured out. But this is going to be, uh, you know, a four-, six-week thing before all these guys really start to get comfortable, really start to feel that that co- cohesiveness as a Chicago Bears team. It just kind of seems like, yeah. you know, especially with the injuries now, you look across the roster, how many guys are out there starting for the first time in Bears uniforms, making their first plays as Bears. They're still getting used to Soldier Field as a stadium. They're still coming together as a team. And I can see where, you know, if this was a team that had played together quite a bit, they wouldn't have as many motivation problems. You know, you wouldn't have, well, predominantly McPhee and, and Jay Cutler, maybe it's a different story, but you wouldn't have, so many of these little individual errors because everyone would be picking each other up as a team and everyone would be comfortable with each other. And I think it's going to take more time than just one game and now two games before we really start to see. I mean, obviously there's talent issues, especially on that offensive line and in the secondary now, but even some of the players that you wanted to be more consistent from the start just aren't quite there yet because I think they're all being thrown in at the same time. For sure. And and Phil, in, in your film review this week, I, I wonder if there's a way for you to like look at Leno from last year compared to this year because I remember last year with Leno, there were games where he looked amazing. I think he held Robert Quinn like the entire game without a sack. He did great against Tom Bahali in that Chiefs game. And there were quite a few games where he actually looked like a decent tackle. And now he's looking like a seventh round draft pick. So I don't know if there's like something in his technique or if like, you know, that was just fool's gold and he's just garbage. Like I it's just like a completely different Charles Leno. And I know Bobby Matthews trash, but I actually expected like Leno to actually be like a functional left tackle and he's not. Wow. I got you know, looking at Leno, moderate player, stepped up in big uh games, showed some signs of growth and you wanted to see that carry over into this season. And ultimately exactly. so far Honestly, last week he didn't play as bad. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. I, I can't even give you a grade because it was bad. What am I trying to say here? Last week he was bad. Tonight, I honestly, he wasn't the worst offensive lineman out there tonight. I got to yeah. say that. I so, thought he was, he was kind of average, not terrible. Yeah. He, had a couple bi- he had a couple real bad plays, but for the most part he was kind of running the mill. I mean, Bobby Massey, when your offensive lineman's jumping off the screen – because he's missing assignments and effort and consistency, and you are signing this guy to a $6 million deal, I mean, guaranteed money or not for next year, doesn't matter to me. It's a win-now mentality that you should always have as a franchise. That's why I'm so adamant about building inside, out, go back to that kind of basis. And I think Brian Pace you know, has to hold some accountability here whether you want to agree with that or not. I just think that you look at some of the signings and the decisions he's making along the veteran perspective. You got a guy you sign, he's out. 
till whenever, week six in McPhee. You got a, another yeah. guy you signed in Bobby Massey. He's not up to par. Something has to change on that right side. Kyle Long, bring in uh, Ted Larson. Something needs to be shaken up on the offensive line because there's no consistency and there's no ability to establish anything if it doesn't start up front, and that's an issue. Leno is the last issue right now for me in regards to not seeing the tape. Just on first view, I thought Leno was average to okay, like Lauren. Kind of like Whitehair, too, where he was – Whitehair was a little Mm -hmm. bit better in this game than last game. I thought he looked a little more comfortable, but still there were a couple plays where you scratched your head and and averaged okay, maybe slightly better than that. But it does kind of seem like – as much as you don't want to just pin all the offensive line problems on one player, because certainly there were communication issues, if you could figure out this right tackle thing, you'd have a decent semblance of the offensive line because it just seems like every every play starts at right tackle and then that just breaks down the other four guys. Yeah, put in Larson, a right guard, and move along the right tackle. I mean, that has to help. But, I mean, then again, you know, I I want to get your guys' opinion on this. So if we find out that Cutler's going to miss six games, let's say he has a broken week six and that's maybe pushing it hoping that he comes back I mean would you rather just have McPhee come back next year fully healthy have Cutler just come back next year I I mean I'm hearing people on Twitter saying that you know Cutler's probably gone next year so theoretically we'll say Cutler comes back then you have um you know hopefully you go get a new right tackle and for agency I mean do you just go and start over next year I mean is Eddie Goldman going to miss the year now Lamar Houston's gone I mean like basically you're just piecing together you know people on this defense now so the defense isn't going to be good at all and then you know with color I mean do you just tank I mean is that what you do I mean and I, I hate tanking and I can never uh, maybe I'm never say I'm going off the bridge right now definitely going to calm you down there's one thing you never can do in this national football league is tank no matter what anyone says to you, you have young players looking for guidance in their future. And then if you're willing to allow them to continuously lose, that's a losing culture. That's something you can't even begin to, to imagine what effects and ramifications that has on the roster throughout a whole. Now, there's a mass unit out there. It was a domino effect of just destruction tonight. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. You had Kadeem Carey's hamstring. You had Goldman, Houston going out. You had your corners going out. You had your safety, Adrian Amos, out. Concussion. You had Zach Miller go out, come back in. You had your offensive lineman, horrific, as we said. You got your starting quarterback, your best football player, arguably on the football team, go out with a thumb broken probably or hurt whatever it is jay cutler doesn't walk off the field because oh he's pushing guys off the story is going to be something as that national media narrative as you see after an interception jay cutler going to the locker room that's going to be the story but the reality was a series before that he's pushing all the doctors away please get away from me and you saw yeah. the ball go down into the dirt. That was I tweeted it out. It was terrible. I don't think I've ever been so disappointed as a Bears fan as I was tonight because the expectation of what was going to happen tonight was far exceeding what transpired. And, and, 
And what transpired, like I said, was a destruction on the freaking lakefront. It was just total Have you guys chaos. seen the video of McPhee sitting in Cutler's face? I was just wondering. No, I haven't. Have. You should tweet it to us so we can see it. I I haven't seen the video, but there's screenshots. And McPhee is literally in Cutler's ear. Like, literally in his ear. Well, that stuff's going to happen, guys. I mean, it's the NFL. They're competitive. They're competitors, yeah. Young men. Those things and brothers fight. Let's not make this something until it's, you know, this isn't a fight where Martellus Bennett is having his feelings hurt about how many <laughs> balls he caught in the locker room and decides to attack somebody over that or whatever, paint graffiti on the wall. Whatever he did. <laughs> All right? The reality is... What happened out there was embarrassing as a whole. And sometimes but, and players I, react to that. Well, and, and, and we're nearing the halfway the point of our show here, Dustin. So if you, wanna, if you want to make your last point here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on and get somebody else. All right, on sounds the good. And I, I, I know you mentioned the losing culture, but why is it that it seems like Jarrell Freeman is the only guy on that defense that actually is motivated and cares? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Trevathan and, like, Freeman. And I know those guys have come from other teams, so they're not used to, you know, losing like this. I mean, like, it just seems like all these all these guys on the team are just like they, they're just become satisfied with losing or something. Like, you know, like other than Kyle Long and Cutler, I mean, is anyone playing with heart? I and I'll, really I'll go ahead and go ahead. Yeah, I think. Thank you, Dustin, for calling in to hey. Bears Hour Live. Me. Draft Dr. Phil and Lauren Cox talking what was self-destruction on the lakefront. So many errors, so many plays. I think players on the Bears team care. I really do. I just think tonight I've been in a situation where teammates are going down one after the other and it's a mash unit and you don't even know if the next guy next to you knows his assignments and he's playing there and you're busting your home trying to make a play and they've blown coverage and it mentally drains you and physically drains you and you know everybody's watching and it's it's not hard it's i mean it's not easy to get over that so we got to tap the brakes on where this team is today it was horrific i get it i don't never going to pretty this up. I can't. The film is going to be ugly. The quarterback play is going to be ugly. The routes that were run are going to be ugly. The coaching is going to be ugly. The kicking was ugly. I mean, the only thing we saw that was good was Eddie Royal's punt returning skills tonight. Other than that, go ahead. And we're a little over halfway through, and we've got we got another color on the line. Uh, what's Bring your name? Up. Where are you from? Yeah, this is Joe, Chicago Bears, after further review. Joe. Oh, back, Joe. Yo, hey. Two How weeks ago. I wasn't, I wasn't going to call, but you know what? I can't help it. You're addicted, uh, Joe. I'm actually sitting in my car in the driveway right now, so that way I don't wake anybody up. But <laughs> uh, uh, it, this was this was the mo- probably one of the most disgusting displays of football I've ever seen. Yes, I agree. Uh, it, 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 you know, yeah, Cutler, he made he made two poor decisions. He should have he should have tucked the ball. I understand he's trying to make a play, 
but he should have he should have tucked the ball. And I, I know he's he's a competitor, and he was frustrated and he wanted to make a play, but it was the wrong time to try and make a play. And the interception that was to me that that was also on him. But you know what? Bobby Massey was a total liability again tonight. And the reason why Jay Cutler, the reason why Cutler's hurt, we could thank we could thank Bobby Massey and the offensive line for not protecting their quarterback. The, the guy could only get hit so many times until he gets hurt. But you know what? On, on the flip side, Bella Logans, who I thought would have been a, 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 a decent offensive coordinator, has really disappointed me. Because when, when you see your quarterback facing pressure the way Jay has been, you would think you would make some adjustments. And I, I'm seeing flashes of Mike Marks and letting these long plays try and develop when instead they should be quick hit slants, for, you know, five yard outs, post, whatever, you know, flags, whatever, you know, just get the ball out of Jay's hands and into the receiver's hands or into the running back's hands. And the fact that we, again, for the second straight week, abandoned the running game when actually our run blocking hasn't been totally that, that bad it is pretty disturbing. Yeah, I agree. I, saw no, the, the I, I didn't see any rhyme or reason in, in, in the way they called the game. And it, it seemed like, you know, like, like you mentioned, the run blocking was a lot better. Maybe not a lot better, but better than it was last week. And, and like uh, AJ, I think, earlier mentioned, Jeremy Langford just didn't seem like he was really able to do much with it. Like he was slow getting into the holes on a lot of those zone runs. And like they would close up before he gets there. And then all of a sudden he's getting two yards instead of, you know, when you put in a guy like Jordan Howard. He powers through, lowers his shoulder, and gets you know big gains of eight and ten, and I think he had another another big one after that. So I mean, it, it, you wonder why you, you went away from it. You know, why did it take you so long to get Jordan Howard in the game, and why does he only get three carries once he's in? I mean, it was, it was almost like, oh, well, we saw that he's good at it, so let's get him out and get somebody else in because it just it, it's just weird because Dowell Loggins comes from an offense that we thought he was going to be more of a ground and pound guy, but. So many drives, it's handoff on the first play, and then pass, 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 and Jay takes three hits, and you're punting again. And it just kind of seems like with the run blocking is better, and the pass protection clearly isn't working, and the play action clearly isn't having much of an effect. It, why, why is it so easy for us to sit here and say, run the ball, and why can't Dowell Hawkins see that? Yeah. I mean, why, why in God's name would you even call a play action when, when you're not <laughs> even running the ball? Okay, I, I mean, I saw that. I'm like, okay, so he's trying to get Jay killed, basically. You know, I, I, I just that totally blew my mind when he when he did that. But you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I think our defense at one point played. I mean, in the beginning, they were they were playing well, but again, you know, when you go three and out, three and out, or interception, or you, you know, you're turning the ball over, the guys are going to get tired. And I think that's what's happening. They're, they're just they're, they're just out in the field way too much. We're not getting long sustained drives to give them a blow on the sidelines. They didn't get tired. They got injured as well. Yeah, Joe. And that right there. Here's this new nutrition. Alarms are being set. Eat this. Do this. All these things happening with this organization. But ultimately, when the chips are down, I don't see. 12 Broncos going out of the game. I don't see 12 Cowboys. And I know injuries are part of this game. Something about what transpired in this game really sets the tone of your season because you look like, and right now it's early, but you're carting off your 
young defensive lineman and probably the most important position in a 3-4 defense, your nose guard, young football yeah. player there, he's out. Lamar Houston's injury didn't look good, so he's out. You got your safety, Adrian Amos, and concussion protocol now, so he's not going to be playing probably next week. You had uh, your other safety go out injured in uh, Harold Jones-Corte. Your cornerback, which you're already down of Kyle Fuller, your second-string cornerback goes out. Your nickel corner goes out with a concussion, so he's out. You got your special teams performer that you shouldn't even have on the defensive side of the football. Um, Sherrick McManus in the football game. It went so bad. When it rains, it pours. I compared it to trying to hold off the garden hose with your hand. It's just, it, it, it crumbled on this team on the defensive side of the football. And they're getting pushed it's around. Uh, Leonard Floyd losing contain. Yeah. He's a young player. There's yeah. talent there, but you've got to be disciplined in the game and the situation to help your football team. And you're allowing a rookie quarterback who he had protection I mean, it's as simple as that, guys. I mean, it isn't rocket science. This is called you pass protect your quarterback, you allow him to deliver the football to open receivers. You can't do it. You saw it on the other side of the football. I'm not making this up. And if you think I am, I'm going to prove you, prove to you that I'm not because I'm watching the offensive line, not the football, and what that tells me is that not only is it leaky, it's stupidity on top of that. You can't function yep. without protection. You just like you said, Joe, you got to establish the run if you're going to do action game off of it. They're not respecting you. They recognize what it is you were doing, and they're blowing right past your offensive tackle. Is that fair to your quarterback, your team? Oh, no. No. So I can get in on a lot of guys, but ultimately it starts up front. Ryan Pace did a poor job analyzing the talent he had on the offensive line, set it all offseason. Lauren can attest to this. You follow me, Joe. I appreciate you calling in, too. I'm not saying anything because of tonight. I've said this all along. They luckily had Josh sit and fall into their laps because it could be yeah. worse. It could be worse. Yeah, oh, Phil, yeah. you and I talked about yeah. that earlier in the week about how if, if Cody Whitehair is your starting left guard and Ted Larson's your starting center right now, I mean, does Jay Cutler get through the Houston Texans game? I mean, yikes, with the, with the way everyone's been playing. I mean, no. even Kyle Long struggling now. I mean, if you don't have sitting in there to at least give you some sort of a, a rock on one side of the line, I mean, yikes. He'll be picking pieces of Jay up off the Texans' turf. And that points to a huge problem from for Ryan Pace and, and even – Dave Magazoo, I mean, where's the ability to evaluate your own offensive line talent? And even outside offensive line talent, I mean, we talked about how Bobby Messi shouldn't have been paid the money he was, but I mean, they, was that the first day of free agency? They signed him and Danny Trevathan. Like, this was their number one offensive line target, it kind of yeah. seems like. They you know, they went right after him and said, yeah, we got our right tackle. And Well, you, you saw the right tackle that they were so excited to get. I mean, is that, who, I mean, does Ryan Pace get 100% of the blame there? I mean, who... Where, where do you give that? Because this is clearly Kyle, a huge offensive line. Did Kyle Long vouch for him? Didn't Kyle Long actually say, you know, hey, I've worked out with this guy, blah, 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 and uh, actually so never have, have, never have players. You never have players analyze 
Oh, no, I, I, I totally agree. The reality and, is this is on a lot of people. It's Ryan Pace, it begins with. What do we – we have to say it as it is, guys. I mean, that offensive line yeah. play is two weeks and four preseason games that we've seen Bobby Massey out there. On my daily dose with Jose Cotto, with Shane Marzo, with Lauren Cox in the podcast, with Aldo Gandhi in the Bears bar room. All of them, and Lauren Cox, I'm sure, at bearswire.com at USA Today. This player has been on the negative side in everybody's mouth. Everybody. Anybody who's anybody has said Bobby Massey has looked poor, but... We'll see when the games start, when the schemes are put in, when the game plans are put in. Well, guess what? Bobby Massey, as I said last week, was horrific. Tonight, he beat himself from last week. So what does that say? I mean, we're talking about a zone, re- zone play going opposite way. Your one job is the cutoff block. That means you're stepping with your left foot, getting your pads and your helmet across the face of the defender that's lined up head up over you or shaded from you. If you can't get there, he couldn't even do that. So what happens? They run back. He tries to cut back. and He gets buried. Now, this happened over and over on first view, on tape. And sometimes things look better on tape than they actually look the first time. So his his first view of him was terrible. It's like... We need to get that show back, the Swan, because he needs an extreme makeover to pretty up what the <laughs> hell I saw out there because it's disgusting. You know, I'll, one last thing, and I'm going to say it until the season's over, unless I see something out of Floyd. Uh, our offensive line today could be either Kyle Long at right or left tackle, Tunsil at right or left tackle, you have Larson at guard, white hair at center, or Grassou at center, and sitting at right guard. That would be a far better offensive line than what we have right now. Just that one, just having that one player. Yeah, I I agree with you. There's no way to argue. This guy was ranked the number one player in the whole draft. Guess what, you hypocrites out there? Even on Sports Center, you were in college. You smoked some marijuana, some Mary Jane. It's legal in, what, three states now, maybe five? Something like that. medically legal in in about 28 states now. So it so happened happened to come out the night of the draft to drop this player's stock. And ultimately, you could have had a golden goose and supported him throughout Mm -hmm. whatever process you needed to support a guy that smokes marijuana. It's not an addictive drug. Your mom and dad's story about about the gateway drug was just to scare you. Okay? It's not a reality. What is a reality is that was the best player in the draft in my mind and in Lauren Cox's mind. (laughs) I'm sure Joe might have been in yours. You had an opportunity to get him. I... I was celebrating like a, I had won the lottery that we were getting a left tackle finally or a right tackle. You could put him at right tackle for all I care. Just protect the edges. It's disgusting. Joe, I appreciate you coming on. 
There's so much to get to. I'm sure more people are calling in. The yeah. Jay Cutler haters, please call in. Let's talk about this because ultimately I'm not defending Jay's play tonight and a horrific, horrific performance on the national stage by a, a Chicago Bears football team. It's a team game. If you've taken a snap under center, I want to hear from you. Call up the phone number. Let's talk about what reality is when your offensive line in front of you can't protect you on a five-step drop or a seven-step drop or on a move protect. You can't even slide protect and allow him to run a dash route to a tight end or a third-down receiver. It is an issue. It's a huge issue with the Bears. Bobby Massey has a bullseye on him. Like the old ESPN commercial with David Carr lining up and no offensive line in front of him and just the Cowboys lining up on defense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for calling Joe, in again. Hopefully you'll join us again next week. Bear down, Joe. Thanks for calling in. It's, sure. it's one of those nights. I just keep hearing the, the anger and the frustration, and, and I get it, Lauren. I'm angry, too. And I'm angry. There's plenty of what ifs. Bring on the next person. Yeah, and, and before we before we let the next person in here, we got about 15 minutes left here on Bears Hour Live, and I just want to establish. I think we're on the same page here as far as our evaluation of Cutler tonight. We're not. He, he played poorly, but he wasn't the reason the Bears lost. And I think there's a distinction there that he deserves blame, but not not a very huge portion of the blame. Um, uh, caller, uh, where are who are you calling from? What's your name? Uh, what, what you want to talk about? Hey, this is Kyle calling from across. Lauren, oh, Kyle Popovich. Time, Kyle Popovich. Long time Kyle listener, P. first time caller. Long time listener, first time caller, Kyle. Oh, yes. Long time friend, long time listener, big fan of you guys' work. Been following you guys for a very long time. He's been following and, uh, me since, what, sixth grade, Kyle? I appreciate Oh, yes. Yep. Sixth grade, man. Sixth grade. <laughs> but, uh, no. I, I, you know, bouncing off the last caller, and Phil, I mean, you touched on it perfectly. The Bobby. Yeah, the Bobby Massey, what is the drum drum with him? It's it's frustrating to watch, you know, even though it's two games, I want to try to tell myself, and, you know, I try to tell others that it's two games, you know, we saw what they did the first three games. They started off 0-3, and in those last 13 games, we saw, you know, some rays of sunshine, some promise. I don't want to get too far, you know, out of it to get, whether it be frustrated with play, but when I try to shy away from the players and look at the coaches, Dowell Loggins, I just, I mean, I don't know how about how you guys feel about it specifically, but just watching him call plays, his predictability, yet his indecisiveness to stick with something that's working. I mean, last week against Houston, we saw Alshon Jeffrey's success. We saw it again early this week against Nolan Carroll. And it just seemed like, didn't seem like they were riding with it too much. And then, you know, you get Jordan Howard in there, like Lauren just spoke about. You get Jordan Howard in there with three runs, you see what he can work with, but yet you shy away from it. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I mean, Dowell Loggins, I think he's the most frustrating part of this offense right now for me. Oh, it's a great point, Kyle. I'll jump in first because I want Lauren to talk about it too because I'm sure <laughs> Lauren has some numbers. But the reality oh is there's no established rhythm whatsoever. I see exactly what you're saying. You're going two tight ends and then you're you're, you're always consistently running the football with that. So tonight you try to get cutesy and, and put situations of action game off of it, your tight end whiffs, your tackle whiffs, and 
it's become a pathetic display of protecting your 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 franchise there. I said it last week, Kyle. This is if this is the way you're going to call plays and allow a player to play just because of an investment or to pretty up your makeup face is going to get your quarterback hurt. It's week two. Jay Cutler's got to run to the locker room and check his, you know, thumb out because let's face it, that one ball I said that is a, a shit ball into the turf. It's because he couldn't grip the ball apparently. But everyone's going to run with a narrative. I get it. I agree with you. The play calling has been no consistency in establishing the run. We know this. T- the one thing that Bobby Massey can do is probably move into guard. And, and block a head-up note or a three technique or somebody in front of him. That's the one that run block. Other than mm-hmm. that, he's, he's out on an island and he's not an athlete. you got to have an athlete in this NFL today, Kyle, because it's mm-hmm. disgusting. You Go back and watch the Denver Broncos tape with Kyle Long versus the best defense player in football. I don't make this crap up. Caught myself, <laughs> Long. He took him to school. He took him and protected his quarterback – and you're in that football game against the team that won the Super Bowl. Is that just made up? They improved their roster. They didn't improve their offensive line. You took a no, step no, back no. at right tackle by moving Kyle into guard. Jonathan Wood, uh, Shane Marsaw, uh, uh, Lauren Cox, you, Kyle. All of us talked about leaving Kyle Long at right tackle. You moved him there for a reason last year. The showcase two weeks into the season is you can't run, you can't pass pro. What could you do good? Nothing. What What has this team done good? Tell me what you can hang your hat on. Uh, Eddie Royal. That's what you can hang your hat on right now. So oh, yeah. A lot gets to do with it. Adam Gase couldn't do last year, although, you know, obviously Eddie Royal was hurt, so that, that impacted it quite a bit. But Eddie Royal has, has been the one piece of this offense that's like, okay, there's a pleasant surprise. Yeah, a uh, very pleasant surprise. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you guys follow me too much on Twitter, but I last year I was not a big fan of the Eddie Royal signing. And then to watch him go through the season, just injury plagued, he was the one guy I really had on the inside looking out, really. I mean, preseason he's hurt. You don't see much of him. And last week was a very pleasant surprise. And, you know, I, I said, like, let him do it again. Let him show me up. And he did it yet again today, not only on offense, but on special teams. And, but I mean, just going back to what you guys are talking about, Kyle Long, yes. I mean, at first, I wasn't necessarily on board with the right tackle move, but I always had the, the thought process of um, if it's not broken, don't mess with it. We moved Kyle Long to right tackle, and he turns out to be a Pro Bowl caliber right tackle. He showed you all the right things that you needed to see. You just needed to see him keep working, get another season under his belt at right tackle. And the Bears coaching staff did not give him that opportunity. And then to bounce back onto the Dallas Loggins topic, just it's his okay. in-game adjustments that also frustrates me. One game that I look back to last year that very much impressed me was the Kansas City Chiefs game. Adam Gase realized some of the inside stuff wasn't working. He moved Cutler into the pistol a lot more. And not he shied away from play action, but he just stuck with, with rollouts. He was getting Cutler out of the pocket. He was letting the tackle seal off, plug the uh, – defensive ends to the inside and give them even if it's three seconds more to the outside. Color is effective when he's rolling out in the pocket, when he's thrown on the run, not when he's trapped inside a pocket, throwing off his back foot, 
and just trying to make something happen. And the login showed me that through these first two games, minus that Connor Barth missed field goal, unfortunately, again, we go into halftime with the lead. I mean, we were down 9-7 at half. Should have been a 10-7 Bears lead right there. That could have probably changed the mentality coming out of half. But to see Della Loggins, again, not be able to adjust, and it, it was frustrating to see him keep working that play action when the run game was just not getting set. You're not going to fool a defense playing play action when they already have confidence that they're going to stop that run with that front seven. And we knew that front seven was very good coming in. And I, I don't know. It's just I don't want to overreact. It's two games. Nobody should overreact. You know, there's 14 right. games left to play, and it's going to be a long season. We saw, like I said last year, we saw a lot of change throughout the year. We saw some positives, and we were able to keep our head high heading into the offseason. I still have hope that that can happen this season. But well, and we got about to Okay. Oh, I was just going to say, to finish it off, the two things that really worry me right now are Bobby Nass and Dowell Loggins, and I really want them to make me eat my words. I want them to show me wrong throughout the next couple games. But... And we've got about six minutes left in our broadcast here, so Kyle, we're, we're going to let you go and move on to wrap up here, but... Thanks a ton for calling in, and be sure to come back next week for sure. Um, Will do. Thank you, guys. brought it tonight, Kyle, and definitely call back in because we love smart football callers calling in here. You know, Kyle hit on a lot of good points, Lauren. You know, you're looking at week two, absolutely disgraceful performance by the Chicago Bears on the lakefront. There's no way to pretty it up. There isn't. Nobody played well. It was a disappointment, and the what-ifs and could-ifs and all that stuff are going to be running through my head and everybody who's listening's head this week and throughout the night, even if you're not sleeping right now. But (laughs) the reality is you still have 14 games to be played, and things have to change. Well, They would say it only could go up from here. Well, and, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I didn't think about this until I, I read a quote from John Fox just now, but as, as maybe some, some parting optimism here. Remember last year how the season started? You know, week one, late in the game, they fall apart against the Green Bay Packers, lose a game that you felt like maybe the Bears should have won after they played well in the first half. Sounds a lot like how they played against Houston last week. Then week two, they face Arizona and completely fall apart, get completely blown out of the water, and it's like, oh, God, this Bears team is going to be awful. And that's sort of exactly where we are right now. So, I mean, you know, the, the Bears ended up going 0-3 when they faced Seattle Seahawks after, what do you know, their quarterback got hurt in the second game and couldn't play in the third game. I, I kind of got this feeling that that might happen again next week against Dallas. Maybe Brian Hoyer starts that game if Cutler's out. And then it's it's sort of the same start. It'll be interesting to see how Fox turns this around moving forward. I mean, is this better than a 6-10 and 10 team right now? It's only been two games, but... You know, you'd like to think that it, it feels it feels bad now, but this is a better, this is a more talented roster. You know, injuries are certainly hitting them hard, but it, it just seems like it's an 0-2 start. But there's there's a lot of room up. Maybe they're not a playoff team, but are, are they worse than than the team they were last year? Phil, we got four and a half minutes left. What do you think? Yeah, I think what they put out on the field tonight was disgusting, uh, all the way down the roster. Uh, not a lot of positives. I mean, it's hard to even look through the 
film to find positives because how are you going to build on what is a mash unit going into next week? You lost Lamar Houston. You're going to lose Eddie Goldman, it seems. You got two players, a starting nickel corner. You can replace and bring up a Demontre Hurst, and maybe you can cover up some of that. Your depth at corner is in question because when is Kyle Fuller coming back? <laughs> That's just on the defense. We talked about, you know, Kadeem Carey gets in there, shows sign of life, and as much as I love the football player, he can't stay healthy, and that's an issue because you could have used him tonight and his his power behind his pads and how he runs. So that offensive line, terrible. The wide receiver core and the play calling, Dow Loggins really has to really hone in on his craft and understand, you know, what can you hang your hat on moving forward? And, you know, it just doesn't feel like (laughs) there's a lot to hang your head on moving forward, but it'll be curious to see how this coaching staff self-scouts, how they evaluate during the week, and how they they try and turn this around. I mean, you you don't want to make drastic change, but at the same time, you need to make some freaking changes on this team, because six days from now, they'll be playing the Dallas Cowboys in prime time again, and... If they can't, if they can't, if they get embarrassed by the Philadelphia Eagles, what's going to happen when a, a Dallas Cowboys team with a great offensive line comes and absolutely runs it down this defense's throat? And if if Jay Cutler's playing, if he's not playing, I don't know what the difference is going to be if this team isn't able to make any quick solutions. Phil, we got about two and a half minutes left. Any any final thoughts move, looking forward? Well, I know what I would do. I'm not. Do you want to hear what I would do? You'd put Kyle Long at right tackle. Yes. Uh, Eric Cush at right guard. Yep. And then or not necessarily bench whoever's... Kevin White, but start Cameron Meredith if he's healthy? I would get Cameron Meredith dressed and allow him the competition and in the rotation. I would move Mr. Silent Hicks from five technique down to nose guard because you got, you know, your boy there. And you play so much nickel anyway. But you start Jonathan Bullard is what you're saying. I would start Bullard at defensive end and rotate them, and then you bring Corn Washer. You didn't have active up. You'd have to, you know, sign someone off the street. It's it was a bad night. I I I agree, and it's hard to pretty up a drunken sailor at the end of the night. Okay, but the reality is, 14 games to go. You are hoping that they're going to be able to pick up this team and be able to do something better next week. But I'm with you all here. I'm trying to give you answers to questions that it went awful tonight on the national stage, and I'm disheartened. And we want to thank everyone for listening to uh, this edition of Bears Hour Live. Be sure to join us next week on after the Bears play the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. We'll be here. We'll be taking your calls, and hopefully – We'll be talking about a win and, and some a little bit more positive light moving forward to the season beyond that. So, Phil, thanks for thanks for being out with me. Thanks for everyone calling, and uh, this has been Appreciate Bears Hour Live.